Welcome to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. In this program, we take a fresh look at some of today's challenges from the economy, education, politics, security, defense, and much more. You'll be prompted to see and think about things just a bit differently. Now, here are your hosts, Ambassador Harry Thomas and Chief Alex Morales. Welcome to the Spotlight. We are your hosts, Ambassador Retired Harry Thomas. Hey, I am the Chief Alex Morales, retired again. Harry, who do we have today? We have my good friend and schoolmate, Sean Mallier, who founded Winter for Kids, former Marine aviator. And we have our Olympic gold medalist and also a member of the Winner for Kids board, Ted Ligety, who's also a renowned business person in, in addition to his gold medals. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time, gentlemen. Thank you for taking the time. Okay, let's start the questions. John, uh, why and how did you start Winner for Kids? Hey, Harry, it's good to see you. And, and starting Winner for Kids, the first thing I just had to correct, you said former Marine aviator. <laughs> as, as you know, I, I can't let that stand. However, um, Winter for Kids actually came out of the U.S. Ski and Snowboard. Um, a couple of trustees looked at the sport, the elite side, and decided and, and went after the idea of how do we expand this sport, give more opportunities to kids throughout the United States to explore the sport and enjoy it to the levels that we all did. And, and through their efforts and with collaboration with a number of individuals and a number of organizations, uh, Winter for Kids was formed actually out of a meeting in Steamboat Springs that included a couple of trustees from U.S. Ski and Snowboard that are board members, um, one of them, Phil Gross, um, the president of the National Brotherhood of Skiers, who um, my good friend who passed away a year ago, um, wow, Heyman Jahi, and then a number of other individuals, the CEO of the YMCA's, and we all came together to figure out how do you create something that's sustainable, but also doesn't just get kids into winter sports, but uses the outdoors as life-changing. So from 2000, I guess it started in 2000. 10 or 11 or 12 to 2015, when we launched it and started to build this campus of ours, um, it's been an incredible run so far, over 10,000 kids, and we're starting on our next five years. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, but let me go back a little bit. Can, can you please, uh, Ted and Sean, just talk about uh, yourself a little bit? You can start with, I'll let uh, Ted, Ted go because... I mean, I'm psyched. I, Sean got me onto into the Winter for Kids pretty much right from the get-go. And I, I'm really lucky. I grew up in a ski town in Park City, Utah. And growing up in the mountains, growing up in the mountain, um, skiing all the time, my parents always joked that they used the mountain as my babysitter. But I think what's beautiful about skiing is that it it's fun. It's like exhilarating. It gets you a rush. You can push your limits. You can do all these things of independence and just a lot of personal growth that can happen out there. Cause it's a really challenging sport. It's not something that just like you pick up right away and you're good at it. Like you're improving even after you do it 30 years. And I think that passion that I've had for it since I was a little kid, I want to share the sport with more people. Um, you know, skiing is a very small sport globally, small in the U S and it's an expensive sport too. I mean, if 
there's no doubt about that. So, you know, being as passionate about the sport as I am, I really wanted to try to reach out and spread the ability to get kids out there in the snow, in the, on the skis. You know, we have a lot of ski areas in the country and a lot of places where there's skiing happening, but not necessarily the full population utilizing. It'd be great to get more kids out there, not only to help skiing and ski racing as far as like a better larger population be better and all that stuff but also because i think it is valuable i think it's great to get on the outdoors and you just learn so much about yourself when you're doing all sports in general but especially something that you know you have to like really kind of figure out yourself there's some independence there's um you know it's it's a struggle sometimes out there so that's what really drew me into it is is sharing the sport that you know, I was, I was lucky enough to be born and raised doing with uh, with more kids. Well, you can, uh, yeah, Ted, I think you can appreciate this. I learned how to ski. I'm a Puerto Rican guy from the island. and learned how to ski in the Andes in Chile. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even know what a ski looks like until, you know, I jumped in <laughs> and thought that I knew what I was doing. It was hilarious. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. Hey, uh Hey, Sean, tell us again, as, as, as Alex said, please tell us about your childhood, your background. Yes, I know you're a Marine. Nobody's perfect, but that's okay. Go ahead, Sean. Oh. <laughs> that's a joke. I, I could tell how this is going, but, but you know, I, um, I, I'm a uh, PJ's kid. I'm a Projects kid from South Bronx. And I, I tell people all the time, I, I grew up on asphalt sports, not skiing. But I think through a couple of uh, significant inflection events, um, surely um, Holy Cross, and not a lot of people connect with this, but Father Brooks gave me an opportunity to, um, to go to school at a great institution where I have great, great experience and great colleagues. And from there to... Um, the Marine Corps. Oh, and, 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 the, and the interesting part about the Marine Corps is that that's one of the reasons why I started skiing. Uh, oh, wow. It's not a good story. It's rather embarrassing. <laughs> but I, uh, we were running a, a, a red flag exercise coming out okay. of, I was at 242 in, um, in, in not Miramar, but El Toro. And so we were there for six weeks. And my navigator, Mike Vizier, was a skier. And I don't know if everybody needs to know this, but on the way for training, we stopped at Hill Air Force Base, which is north of Salt Lake City. Oh, wow. Understand, I had never skied before. And this is the one thing that I had learned is Mike Vizier did. We went up to Park City. We got equipment. I followed him. He's a skier. I'm to lift the payday. <laughs> Understand, I had never been on skis before. And, and Ted knows what payday is. It's not the place to start. And needless to say, I um, followed him. It probably took me two hours to get down. I knocked over a lady who cursed me out in Southern. I say that because that was um, the original Charlie's Angels. Uh, and uh, she was not happy. Oh, wow. I, I thought I was never going to ski again, but I got connected with the National Brotherhood of Skiers uh, out of L.A. and started to uh, go up to Mammoth every weekend. And I went from never, ever to being not so good anyway, but faking it. Um, and but involved in the sport, love the idea of not racing, but being part of letting kids enjoy that. 
And so here's an interesting intersection. The National Brotherhood of Skiers, I don't know what year, but we held a race at Park City. And, and I was a cheaper race. And, and it was a GS race. And it's interesting because Ted probably doesn't know this, but Andre and Ted were in that same race. And Andre won that race. When I go back and look at the results, Ted Ligeti was in that. Now, that goes oh, way, way wow. back when I was like 12 years old. But, but the idea about being able to take a sport, not for sports sake, but using it as life-changing <laughs> so that we're not focusing on the end, gold medals. We're focusing on what that sport allows kids to, ju- to do in terms of their own lives. And you, all of us know that we've had inflection points, but some of those best inflection points were us just being exposed to things so we could choose other opportunities. Wow, that's incredible. Hey, so a deployment took you to ski the same way the deployment took me to Chile, and I'm here around the Andes trying to ski. So this is amazing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, but Ted, you're an Olympian. You're a gold medal. What, is, what does it take Can you share with our audience, what does it take to be an Olympian? It takes a lot of sacrifice, a lot of years. Uh, so I started skiing when I was two years old. So I'm oh, one wow. of those lucky kids that grew up with it in my environment, you know, just out the backyard. Um, started racing when I was 10. Like, all my best friends were racing at that point. And so it was a big part of my social scene. And it was just so much fun. I was addicted to it. I remember watching the Olympics in 94 and seeing Tommy Mo win Olympic gold medal. And I was like, that's cool. That's what I want to do. And so I just chugged along and worked hard. And actually for a lot of years, I got my butt kicked. Like I was probably like the fourth or fifth best kid on my local ski club. Um, getting beat by like seven seconds in races up until I was probably 17, 18. I started to break through and then I made the U S ski team in 19. And um, I think for me, I, I think for like, where I broke through, I think originally it was really like having gotten my butt kicked for so, so many years and having to like struggle. And like, I was really a lot more hungry than I think a lot of the kids who were better than me at a younger age, but also it forced me to work on my skiing and make changes and take risks and how I approach the sport and, and do things a little bit differently. And that ended up paying dividends later on. And, you know, a couple of years after I made the US ski team, I won a gold medal in, in Torino. And I remember right after that thinking, I don't want this to be a, a one hit wonder. I want to keep chugging along. And then, you know, I was lucky enough to have a bunch more years of success, won another gold medal in, in 2014 and, and just retired actually this spring. Um, so that's a very, uh, you know, condensed version of, of everything, but, uh, that's kind of like the, the general arc of it. <laughs> did, did you ever retire or you just, <laughs> so I just retired this spring. I have, uh, one-year-old twins and a four-year-old and when you're traveling the world cup we're racing from october until march and pretty much never coming home and for the first couple of years with just jacks my older son he traveled with me and that made it you know somewhat doable but uh also you know with the kid with the younger kids and everything it just my body starting to break down I'm 37 and just it was uh it was time to call it call it good okay <laughs> go ahead Harry hey Sean 
Similar but different story. How do people react when they find out that a, a kid from the South Bronx is leading Winner for Kids? Wow. Well, the first thing is when I walk into a room, I get their attention. Well, all Marines <laughs> <the> do. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and that's good because at least at that time, they're, they're focused. And, and then I, I talk to them about the why. We do what we do. And, and Ted knows this. We had uh, one of our school principals, Charity Hager, on our last board call. And Harry, you remember. Um, and I'm, I'm going to set the, the stage that, that um, 50% of the kids that we are involved with uh, suffer from social PTSD. A lot of us know what PTSD is, but from a social side, over half of them have experienced violence in their homes, okay. violence in their neighborhoods, or violence in their schools. So we have pivoted from what was a sport related when we first started, Ted, right, to what does a sport do? And, and now when I talk to them about the impact that the sport has, that we help these participants create better attitudes about themselves, self-esteem, about their health, physical health, more activity, mental health, but nutrition and how to do that and how to grow food. And then the idea about opportunity. You grew up in, in, in Puerto Rico and those things. I grew up in the South Bronx. I know that by something opening up for me, I got to be a pilot in the Marine Corps. I got to be a CEO. I got to be lots of things because, and I tell this to That's Harry, I know I'm going to hear this again, is... It wasn't a script. I learned I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do it. And if there's anything that we're doing now with kids is creating opportunity, letting them master the sport, going from first time to whatever they want, but also that they develop a love or an affinity for the outdoors as a place where they belong and where they're welcome. So, Harry, in the context of that, it's the messaging that helps them go, hmm, and with that, we're going to take a short break and we're going to be right back. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
You are listening to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. If you have a question or a comment about the program, drop us a line via email to support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Again, that's support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Now back to The Spotlight. And we're back to the spotlight. We're Ted and Sean. Go ahead, Harry. Hey, Ted, we understand why you retired. Nothing's more important than being a parent or fatherhood. That is great. You know, we all, we all are, are proud parents. Uh, but what, what do you tell your friends and family about Winter for Kids? What I love about it is what I tell people is that it's a great opportunity to share this sport you know, help kids get confidence out in the mountain, which builds confidence and translates to everything else in life. I think, you know, playing sports is immensely important, but also, you know, getting outside and doing sports outside, doing something active in the wintertime. Like Sean was saying, you did asphalt sports, unless you have an indoor gym or something like that, you know, being able to do activities outside and actually like utilize the outdoors when it's wintertime and you're not able to do these other sports that actually keep you active. So um, I think, you know, skiing is, is a great opportunity, but you know, at winter for kids, there's cross country skiing and just getting out in the snow and just like knowing that it can be fun and be your friend and being in the mountains and, and all those things is, uh, is I think really valuable life lessons. And, you know, if it's also like a sport later on in life, like becomes useful too, like as you, you know, hopefully going to college and all these things. It's also like, it's kind of like a golfish export too, or like it leads to more opportunities. And um, so there's a lot of different things, but I think just the main base of it, when we first uh, were starting winter for kids, the initial premise was trying to like make an elite ski program, trying to like funnel kids up to, to race. And I was like, wait, 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 like let's, just get kids loving the sport and loving the outdoors and, and building the confidence that they get from sports and the self-reliance and um, being able to just build themselves and learn something new and learn new skills and enjoy the outdoors. And so that's just what I love about it. Um, I'm really looking forward to like now that I'm retired, actually, like my season is always overlapped with the main season at winter for kids. So it's been hard to get out there, but I really looking forward, looking forward to actually getting, getting on the slopes there and skiing with the kids. And that'll be a, that'll be really fun in the years to come. Thank you. Great answer. Hey Ted and, or Sean, uh, can you talk about like your kids, your target kid, how the transition, I know you mentioned about how um, uh, it create life uh, uh, stories and how they become more secure and they get out there in the month and they love to sport. Can you speak about that a little bit? Life yeah. lesson. It, it's interesting that the Winter for Kids has become a, in effect, a movement. And, and where it was just on urban kids now, we're finding that all kids who traditionally don't have access are part of this process of being changed. Uh, so to give you some demographics, uh, about 33% of the kids are african-american or black 24 percent latinx 19 percent white 14 percent asian um and the backgrounds are across their urban suburban rural and all of them and and what's happening now it's becoming a bridge 
Okay. And, and, and here's wow. the interesting part about this. Like, and, and Ted knows because during, I, I don't even know going back to George Floyd, but I, I had um, uh, kind of an epiphany on about what I needed to do. But I remember talking to Ted about, you know, this, this impact and what needed to happen. And, and it's when you have relationships like with Ted and with Harry and our board and these kids interacting that we're going through or we have the opportunity to be a culture changing. You know, I'm, I'm more about the impact of our personal behaviors than I am about committees. And, and, and that means, and hate to go on the political side, but I want to be a, a factor in all kids and all backgrounds and all genders for it to be equal access, a comfortable room, respect, but they are embraced and they're welcome whether it's skiing or in any of these things. So um, we've morphed from the sport itself, Ted. I remember the meeting, and you were the one who drove us that we've got to be more than that into this, this changes lives. That's brilliant. And that is, that is great. And, Ted, we really appreciate uh, that. But let's touch a little more on being an Olympic gold medalist. We just saw the, winter, the Summer Olympics, the Winter Olympics are uh, coming up again, but what is it like to stand on the podium to receive the gold medal for your nation? I mean, that's something we only, for those of us only see, but you got to experience it. Yeah, what's really special about the Olympics is, you know, everybody talks about it's every four years and it's like a four-year, once-in-four-year opportunity, but really it's a once, I mean, for me, I was really lucky. I always went to four, I went to four Olympics, but it's like the culmination of a lifetime of hard work and I remember my first Olympics, I was 21 years old. And I remember walking the opening ceremonies and just being in awe of the whole situation because I'd grown up watching Olympics. Luckily, there was like, there was Olympics in Salt Lake City, you know, I was 17 years old, so not participating, but was able to kind of see what it was all, all about. But to be able to walk in behind the American flag and into opening ceremonies, see that whole show and pageantry and just being so excited to be there just being excited to be part of the process at that point i wasn't really a medal favorite by any means so you know i was just a 21 year old kid looking to ski fast and enjoy the experience and i amazingly enough you know had an awesome race in my in the first event which is the combined um and i had two it which combined back then was one run of downhill two runs of psalm and had a pretty bad downhill run it was in like 30 something place but as I like looked at it deeper, I was close enough to some of the other metal guys and then had two of the best slalom runs of my life and clawed up to third place after the second run and then ended up winning. And just oh, wow. being so, so much shock and awe of the whole situation and like achieving a childhood dream, you know, two of my teammates rushed out there and tackled me to the ground and hoisted me on their shoulders. And um, my parents were there, luckily. So that was really cool. And that's actually like when I first kind of, the emotions of it all really hit me because you know when you just win a race you're just like psyched and you're just like you're like pumped up and you're amped you have the adrenaline running and then to see them crying and like all that was surreal that kind of broke the emotions down but then the next night when we had the medal ceremony if if everybody anybody ever sees like me in that uh medal ceremony listening to national anthem like i'm sitting up there like 
at times just like kind of like shaking my head in awe. Like I can't believe I was there doing that, listening to the national anthem. My parents were actually like in the first or second row. Um, so I kept looking down at them and like just smiling and like, like, like in shock. Of the whole situation. So um, it's pretty amazing. I think every athlete, not every athlete gets the ability to, or has the opportunity to stand on the podium, and listen to the national anthem, but you get the very similar version of that feeling going to opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies and being part of this event that brings the world together. Um, I think, you know, the Olympic movement is, is pretty amazing, pretty important. Um, so to have been a part of that, you know, I've gone through the Olympic experience and every aspect from being a newbie to being a, a veteran to being a heavy metal favorite. So, you know, every single experience has different aspects of it. Um, but you know, this year people were talking about, you know, it's five years away and then next three years and how, um, you know, one year delay was, you know, hard on people, but it's also like, it's, it's a lifetime of work. It wasn't just one year delay. It was just one year more of their work and the winter Olympics are next year. And, um, so just, I'm looking forward to watching them. I'm actually commentating with, for ski racing for NBC, um, so I look forward to like commentating there and staying involved, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just such a special experience to be, be a part of and, you know, feel really lucky to have done four of them. Pretty, pretty wild to think back on. <laughs> and where are those gold medals? Uh, the gold medals, uh, they're in a sock drawer, actually. My par- it's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, and my dad lost them for like, three months he thought he like hit him away somewhere at the house and I needed him for something and he couldn't find him. And then like randomly he stumbled upon them. He had like put him in a board game or something, <laughs> but, um, so, so yeah, they're not out on, on display. I probably should do something with him at some point, but, um, yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty cool story. <laughs> I know that's incredible. You know, especially when you got kids now, you got to show it like, Hey, that used to be so out there. Look at that. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Right when, right when I retired, um, Jax had come back home from, from preschool and he'd gotten a medal. They took him skiing that day and he like, Oh daddy, come check out my medal. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And I was like, Oh, you want to go? T- see some of daddy's medals. And so we went and got my medals and he put them on and he walked upstairs and mama, look at, <laughs> look at, look at daddy's medals. And then he always like comes down. If he gets a medal at something, um, wants that to is. go compare it to mine and, and store them in the same place. So one of his, uh, little medals from his day of skiing is, is right next to my, <laughs> my, uh, my medals <laughs> as well. So that's, that's priceless. That's priceless. Uh, they, they, they grow fast, Ted. I tell you that. They grow Just fast. Wild. Everybody knows. No joke there. <laughs> hey, Sean, uh, going back to Winter for Kids, what is your vision for Winter for Kids in the coming years? Um, so, so far, we've done 10,000 kids in the first five years. This year, we're going to do 3,864, but by 2024 or five, we'll do 10,000 kids. A year, and that's not just ten thousand kids a year. They stay with us for three years. They go from first timers to some competency in skiing, snowboarding, or cross country. That's a life changing, changing opportunity. I wish we could do more, but but I think that we we have to do it right. You know, one of the things that with Ted's guidance and 
and Harry and the board, we've always been focused on not getting out, and I should never say this, too far over your skis, <laughs> that we've been able to, to be successful because we, um, it's an exploration. There's no place in the world that does what we do. A physical facility, programs, and a team just focused on kids being able to go from first time to mastery, but changing their lives and having the opportunity to compete. So if anything, if I were going to measure it, is that we just think about the words better, that we're going to have better youth who turn into better adults, who turn into better citizens. We hope that we're going to have better community because of being able to have them interact. And at the end of, of, of all of this, which there is no end, that we're doing something to create a better world. And using sport, because I believe sport is a means to an end, not an end itself, that it should be that changes the culture of what we do. So just out of curiosity, we got just before the break. Can you explain, like, what is the season means? I know you said 10,000 kids, uh, you know, and they go year to year, but can you real quick explain that? So our program is what I would call multi-session, multi-year. So they have six sessions each year, and we provide all the equipment, some shred helmets, talk about that later, um, clothing, because a lot of these kids don't have the clothing, healthy meals, and then the instruction and mentoring. And the instruction is progressive so that they go through a curriculum. The first year they come, they get introduced to snowboard, to cross country, to alpine, and then they choose to which ones they want to focus on. And they come back for three, a minimum of three years. I'm just letting a cat out of the bag. I can't give you details, but by October, there'll be an announcement about what happens after they graduate because we're working on a relationship that will keep them into the sport at low to almost no cost for the years after that until they're able to sustain themselves. But again, uh, it's not, it's a means to an end. So mentoring. So we have values that are, integrated with their learning. Um, it's, um, it's a pivot. I'll tell you, because of TED, we made that pivot years ago, and I'm not sure it's understood, but we're taking that old Olympic experience and making it to life-changing experiences. And with life-changing experience, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Join us every week for The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. The Ambassador is host Harry Thomas, and the Chief is host Alex Morales. Together, they bring you different views on today's challenges, from politics to education, security, defense, and the economy. 
The Ambassador and the Chief, along with their guest experts, outline new perspectives and lively discussions. Tune in to The Spotlight on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. If you have a question or a comment about the program, drop us a line via email to support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Again, that's support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Now back to The Spotlight. And we're back with The Spotlight. We're Ted and Sean doing great thing with uh, Winter for Kid. Go ahead, Harry. Hey, Ted, um, please tell us about Shred. You're a successful business person. Uh, Sean mentioned Shred. Let our listeners know a little bit more about Shred. Yeah, so after I won the Olympics in 2006, I was looking at the landscape and, you know, I was looking for a helmet goggle sponsor. And what I didn't like was that, you know, the marketing in, in the snow sports world was really segmenting out. It was you know, trying to push snowboarders against skiers and all this stuff. And I, growing up, my generation, I was like, I was a huge fan of the whole free ski scene and snowboard scene. And I had friends that are all, all of the above. And I wanted to create, I wanted to create a brand that embraced those values of, you know, being a fan of all those sports that was cool enough to go free skiing and, and go hit jumps with, but also functional and help me be better on the slopes as a ski racer as well. So that was kind of impetus. Um, I had had a friend um, that I met over the years who was Italian um, who'd been making protective gear for myself. And we were on a mountain bike ride in park city. And I was telling him about this idea and we just ran with it from there. Just kind of no business plan, no idea of what we're doing and just kind of cobbling it together. Um, And, you know, just uh, piecing together basically ever since, I mean, He's, he's an engineer by training. Um, he went got, went to business school partway through just to kind of better educate himself on the day-to-day running of the business. But, you know, we have a bunch of patents. Um, you know, we, we work with MIT on our lens, goggle lens technology. Um, oh, you know, wow. Kinda, our whole philosophy is, you know, boosting confidence in the mountain. I mean, that's it's actually ties in well with what Winter for Kids is all about is boosting confidence. We want to boost your confidence in the mountain whether that's being able to see better in flat light or having a safer helmet, better back protection, whatever the product category is, you know, we're trying to improve people's experiences on the mountain so they can help go push themselves. So um, it's been a fun experience. It's been a lot of learning, a lot of mistakes, a lot of, you know, ups and downs of it. But uh, I mean, as anybody that's in business knows there, you know, there's always unforeseen challenges and, never goes the way as as you originally plan and and hope for but you know those plans help you battle those those pieces so it's been really fun um you know retired now that i'm done ski racing you know focusing more on that is definitely a big part of my world going forward and it's uh it's fun you know diving more deeply into the day-to-day you know when i'm ski racing i was involved in everything and doing nothing and now i can actually you know dive into the meat mean bones of it a little bit more and it's uh it's been fun i mean i've always loved the product side of it um and the business strategy but diving deeper in is 
is a lot of fun and something I've been passionate about forever. So it's been, it's been really cool. Wonderful. Wow. I, I tell you what, as a small business owner, I tell you businesses uh, humbles you very quick. very quick you know it's incredible you know how many times you got to fail to succeed but (laughs) yeah hey sean you just got a question how did you manage to get an olympian like tech convincing to jump in the roller coaster or winter for kid i don't recall you saying what was that hey how do you manage that what did you do (laughs) um I guess the one thing I'll say about my family and those things, I've been told that we have the gift of gab. <laughs> and, and I tell people all the time that it's that, that I know I was connected through probably Luke uh, Bodenstein or one of our board members, and Luke was involved with U.S. Ski and Snowboard, um, and reached out to athletes and talked about what we're trying to do. And, and I knew I needed somebody who was not just – a U.S. ski team member. I needed somebody who mastered it and reached those things because that's the bridge. Because I would say that Ted will tell you that there's probably a gap between the elite athletes and the rest of the world. And and I I wanted to have the the value and the expertise and the experience of someone to help us to bring credibility but also to help move those things. And, and I remember Ted changed our whole world in the first meeting. I remember that first <laughs> meeting at Park City where we were talking about teaching kids how to ski. He said, well, wait, you got to give them a way to progress, not just to, you know, just introduce it, them to it. So we built a whole curriculum around it. So it's, um, I got lucky, like most of my life. And, um, and and I was shocked that he believed and listened, and he's still with us. So that's a good thing. Sean cornered me a, a couple times as I was leaving the gym after, you know, sweaty after a workout. <laughs> and, you know, he, he gave me the pitch after a couple times, and, and he got me in. So, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. But there's that another was- part to that, too, because I think Harry brought it up. And that is that, you know, um, how do you get people to listen to you? And I said, well... I'm kind of unique. I'll call myself a unicorn. <laughs> so, so somebody's talking to you in a set of excellence there. Uh, at least they stop for a little bit, right? <laughs> hey, I always tell Harry, no is an answer. So I'm not scared of no. And actually, he always tell me, you always say no is an answer. So, and I was like, that's true, you know? <laughs> hey, Sean. Yeah. You are about to get your own version of the Olympic gold medal with the Inhoc Signal Vences Award. Really, which a lot of it is from our college, College of the Holy Cross, and that's becoming a lot of the work you've done with Ted uh, for Winter for Kids. Tell us about this. How are you getting this? Um, I'm not good at recognition. I I really am not. I, I don't. Now you're um, talking like a Marine again, you see, like a service member. Go uh, ahead, well, go ahead. I, 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 you know, I, um, yeah, man, I do everything I do because I didn't know I wasn't supposed to, but I have to, I've had a great run, you know, out of the Bronx, you know, in the Holy Cross, um, a Marine, an aviator, a CEO of technology, winter for kids, and, um, I just, I do this because I'm supposed to. It's not 
extra work. It's it's the way my I don't know my DNA works. So I'm not good at receiving stuff because I don't think I'm doing anything that's significant. I just think I'm doing what I was wired to do. It's sad because my parents are not there to to see what they were able to create. But having individuals like Harry and others who we go back years, um, it's it's incredible. And this in hoc signal. Vince Award, it's kind of interesting because there's another Marine tie-in to this. And I don't know why this works, but one of the squadrons of the plane I flew was um, VMA AW-533. And on their tail is Inhoc Signal Vincent. Oh, wow. And, and, but what Inhoc Signal Vincent means, uh, in the sign of the cross, you will conquer so it was a squadron, but I think that if I'm going to embrace that, it's the conquer, you know, the lack of equity. It's the conquer, the lack of welcoming. It's the conquer, the lack of exposure and opportunity. So, um, um, Harry, I don't know how to say it any better. I really, I'm, I'm serious. It's, um, it's humbling. Um, uh, I, I I definitely appreciate it, but it's uh, uh I don't know. Well, I look forward to buying you a uh, old fashioned that night, homecoming. Two, thank you. On <laughs> <laughs> me, my brother. All right. Well, I, Sean, I think uh, your passion, your tribe, you could we can hear through the, your voice. <laughs> And I'm happy for you, and it looks like it's a well-deserved prize, so congratulations. Hopefully, Harry invite me so I could be there, but, you know, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Sounds like I just want to let you know that Marines are showing up in uniform, I was told. Oh, you see, I, I don't think I fit on my uniform, man. <laughs> I don't think I, I fit I on was, my uniform. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but, but, Ted, Going back to your career and everything, uh, like like always, not everyone can be an Olympian, but yet they could be successful in life. What is your message to the youth, you know, uh, about to be successful in whatever they put their mind into or be a good citizen? And the first thing is finding something you're passionate about. I think that's that's the easiest way to work hard. I mean, if you want to reach the top, you know, in anything – the price of admission is working hard and working hard is really hard if you don't love what you're doing, <laughs> but it's really easy when you love what you're doing. So I think that's like the first goal is to find, you know, something you'd be really passionate about, something you care about. Um, and then it's, you know, searching for answers, you know, asking the whys and um, trying to figure out, you know, how to, to crack the nut, whether it's, you know, coming out in a different direction, other people asking different questions, um, but thinking independently and ask, asking, you know, asking for help, but also, you know, trying to like search out your answers on your own, you know, for having a, that resilience, um, I think is really important. So um, I guess a lot in that, but uh, yeah, I think it all starts with, with hard work and, and finding what you love and then, you know, it all flows from that. But I think also, you know, asking the why and, and trying to have some sort of different angle to it is always helpful. You know, Sean, we've spoken about, we're listening to 
TED talk about being, you know, relatively new father. Uh, you're missing your parents. Alex's father was uh, in law enforcement. You know, I admire my father more than anybody in the world. But so many of our kids don't have fathers that can show them hard work. I saw my father get up every morning and go to work and come home most times after I went to bed. You know, when I was a kid, he worked hard. But what happens with our kids? How have you been able to be successful? Because so many of our kids don't have a father in the house. I, you know, I think that, that Ted brought up something about being passionate. And I, I think that what drove me was being passionate about making a difference. Like my father, who was not always there, right? But I realized that in his own way, he created the, the wherewithal for me to explore and embrace and grow. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't and my mom and didn't understand what I was doing. Holy Cross, they didn't get because they never went to college. Mm -hmm. The Marine Corps, they thought was crazy because <laughs> that was not something that they even thought about. And then take another step and talk about being a pilot and a Marine Corps and officer. And then the skiing stuff, it was, I, I think that even now up in heaven, they're probably going, well, I can't, I don't know what the heck he's been doing. Right. Because it just did not make any sense. And I, I think that one of the things that, cause I'm a father to a 22 year old named Alex. Right. And Great Alex, name. Alex started skiing at three. He's works now with us at Winter for Kids. He's a groomer, Ted, right? Which scares me right. half to death. But he sees me every day and at home working. And I think that what's happening is, is that by the example that you mentioned, Harry, right? Is that we don't always get it right, but they will pick up those things that we're creating the next level. And I, I will say this, that, Anything that I've accomplished, which looks like a great story, right? You could guys do the movie after I'm gone. It'll probably play well, but it's not true. It wasn't a plan. Everything I did was because I did not know I was not supposed to do it. Do you understand? And so in the context of that, um, all I try to do with all those kids there is to let them know that anything you want to do, any single thing, is there for you the opportunity? Look at me, the Bronx, Holy Cross, the Marine Corps, a pilot, a CEO. That was not supposed to happen given the history of the current you know, situations. But I don't know. Harry, you have to add to that because you know um, those experiences. And Well, you've excelled. You, we have proven that... Um, in our country, given the opportunity, we've all been able to have success in our fields. Uh, but we all had to work hard. We all had to have mentors. And you're fortunate when you have parents. So we congratulate uh, uh, Ted and Sean for your work. Hey, Sean, we're about to have a golf tournament. 
Yes. But you also, there are ways to donate to Winner for Kids. Why don't you tell our listeners how they can donate and also about the golf tournament? Of course, we'd love to see uh, whether Ted can get a hole in one on a, on a, on a golf. <laughs> that would be great, yes. I usually get the hole in one when I walk up there and drop the ball there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yes, um, first of all, October 18th um, at um, Wild Turkey, which is a great golf course and facility not far from our environment in um, close to Vernon, New Jersey, is our golf outing, which is a fundraiser. But we would not be where we were without the commitment and, and the support of an incredible amount of individuals and who've helped us with resources, financial resources, guidance and governance like Ted does, and, and equipment and those things like Shred. So I'm asking that you know, um, if you can find it in your hearts to believe in it, you can always support us by going to winterforkids.org. And believe it or not, there's a place where you can click on it that says donate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? I know it's not an easy environment these days. So you don't have to give all that you want to give now. Just give for multiple years. And it's all appreciated. But winterforkids.org um, Every single kid there, those 10,000 kids, you make a difference. Great. Well, Harry, we're about to finish. Tech, Sean, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Uh, you made me a believer at, at telling you that uh, that is great what you guys are doing. And uh, thank you for everything you do. And I'll be looking at you, Ted, the next winter, like I said, hey, I met that guy. He's speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Howard, take us out. Great. Hey, thank you both. You're what makes our country great. So we appreciate you. Thank you for your service, uh, Sean. Thank you for your volunteerism and your entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, Ted, God bless. Have a great week. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into the spotlight with the ambassador and the chief be sure to join chief alex morales and ambassador harry thomas again on the voice america variety channel